I think it's time we grow this dream. Get everybody on the mics together. Okay, three, two, one podcast. You guys, I am never, ever going to get over that theme song. I'm sorry. It's just not going to happen. But what I am going to do is welcome you to episode two of the second season of the Sudden But Inevitable Rewatch. That's right. We're taking our anime newbies, Josh and Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D through the series Cowboy Bebop one week at a time, but two episodes at a time. And I got to say, spoiler alert, we're having a blast. So if I may, I think it's time to introduce me and then my friends. I, of course, am your captain, Captain Bootscoot, a.k.a. Vanilla Husband, a.k.a. Jesse. And of course, I am joined, as always, by my lovely season two co-host, Kylie, at Miss My Armcast. Kylie, how are you doing this week? You know, it's been one of the best weeks of my life. That is excellent to hear. That's yes. hard to top, too, especially on this show. Uh, I think fans on this show know that it's hard to have a great life-topping week for us. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, so... Um, <clears throat> Before we go any further, of course, we have to introduce our two brand new anime fans. Well, our new anime watchers in Josh, the head of the Twist My Arm Network and Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. Josh, how are you doing this week? And then Ricky, follow him right up. Um, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Um, work was insane this week. Everything that could have went wrong went wrong. Um from our entire system crashing to our air conditioner going out on a 90 degree day just all sorts of things so i am so happy to be here tonight doing this show and look 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 above me look kylie has her own screen right now kylie noticed what (laughs) yeah it's awesome it's very cool ricky ricky d yeah, I'm doing you? good. Uh, it's been a interesting week. We've had two surgeries in the family. Uh, my dog had to get a couple of teeth pulled, and she's getting you know just her mouth checked out and you know that kind of dog maintenance stuff. And then my mom had surgery on her ankle, so I've been helping out with that. So it's been a lot of loopy people in the house trying to figure out how to get through. Well, that's nice of you, Ricky, to take care of one. Yeah. Um, if I can wrap that up and, you know, bring it to a positive light, I got um, a pretty neat promotion at my job Ooh. this week. And um, also tomorrow is one of my nephew's end of cancer treatment party. So re- that's why it's really the best Thank week you. of my life. So that's excellent. Mm-hmm. Josh, go ahead. To further ricky's loopy story we just got our wonderful kitten trevelyan shaved today and she is so loopy because they have to put her under because 
she's not going to allow anyone near her with ra- like you know razors and stuff so right they put her out and you know they send her home when she's still on a lot of those drugs and it's been really fun watching her fall around the house <laughs> she's adorable <laughs> yeah that's wonderful and i'm glad to hear that despite all of the trials and you know struggles that are happening in our lives there are plenty of positive wonderful things for us to be grateful for and certainly forward to and hold tight to so of course we have to acknowledge one of the things that we are grateful for and that we are so happy that we get to hold tight to is all you wonderful people in our live chat right now um you guys know that the sudden but inevitable rewatch is a weekly show a lot goes into making a weekly show especially if it's live on friday and audio like beautified on monday so to have (laughs) rosie here to have callie d here to have rona here just to have you guys here we you know knowing that you're here to see us and support us and and show us love is just i think that's definitely what makes this the best part of the week for me personally um on a similar note to my friends and crew uh we worked overtime all week this week but we managed to cut enough of a gash into our volume to where we don't have to work this weekend so i have a saturday off you guys and that means that this show is going to sound so good on monday morning and it will be in one piece. I'm very sorry, podcast listening audience, that I had to cut it in two pieces. I hope it still sounded great, but when you have a one-day weekend, sometimes things like that happen. So, again, thank you to Callie D at Rona. Good morning, and hello, Rosie. Good evening. We're so happy to have you ladies with us. Now, we have... The sound quality is better than last week. Um, oh, yes. We, Everybody we give definitely... us a thumbs up if everything sounds good. <laughs> tried to figure that out (laughs) yeah um so we have a little bit of ship's business to attend to and i actually haven't even told the crew about this that's how much of a mal i am um you guys i don't know if anybody noticed but this is actually a really important day for us does anybody know what day this is Okay. No. This the day we is, podcast. This is our six month anniversary, you guys. <clears throat> six okay. months ago today, our very first trailer for Sudden but Inevitable dropped, Ooh. and that's when we started covering Firefly. And of course, the rest, as they say, is history. Now, history. in that six months, we've had so many ridiculously cool things to be thankful for, and just a couple of those things are. The fact that we're like three downloads away from 1,500 downloads, you guys. That's insane to me. That just blows my mind. It's been six months since we decided to sit down and share the things we love with the people we love. And 1,500 of you have taken some time to do the same. And I can't tell you how much we appreciate that. We're nearing 1,000 followers on Twitter. There is going to be a giveaway. We're thinking maybe, I don't know a Blu-ray of Cowboy Bebop or something. We'll figure some stuff out. Sorry, I'm getting choked up already. I don't mean to do that right away, folks. (laughs) Anyways, we're also in 32 states and D.C., and we're in 14 countries outside the United States. So that is just, that feels so good to me, you guys. Obviously, if we had one ultra-passionate listener, we would be happy. But we have tens of ultra passionate listeners and most of them are always here supporting us and that just like 
it, it fills me with such joy and I'm so happy to be able to share this with all of you. And I want to say thank you to Josh and Kylie and Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D because I wouldn't get to do this show if you guys weren't here. So thank you guys for coming with me on this journey. Now, this week, we are going to be talking about two episodes of Cowboy Bebop as always. We watched Honky Tonk Woman or Women, depending on your translation, and Gateway Shuffle, episode three and four. And we do have one or two things to address before we get to those episodes. So what I'm going to do now is hand the floor to my good friend, Josh, the head of the Twist My Arm Network and the host of the Twist My Arm podcast. Take it away, Josh. Okay. So before we go anywhere, um, there was, to, to speak, to continue the fan talk, there was a voicemail left for us the other day. Exciting. Um, and it wasn't me, I promise. And it wasn't Ricky. And it Scouts wasn't Honor. And it wasn't the uh, green shirt. It wasn't Cameron or Captain Picard. <laughs> Which we do deeply appreciate and cannot wait to hear yeah. from again, by the way. Yes. Um, so let me let me play this. Um, I forgot to prepare this until just a second ago. So I'm going to play it and hopefully it comes through. But we're here, here, we're going to try this. Here we go. Hi, Sutton, but Space Cowboys. This is Marie. I'm watching Cowboy Bebop with you guys for the first time, and it's so much fun. I wanted to share my first episode favorite moment because I know Kylie will appreciate it. It takes place at 19 minutes and 50 seconds during the shootout when Asimov is getting away and Jet comes out of nowhere with this huge piece of machinery. <laughs> like, how you doing, kid? To save Spike from all the other gang members shooting him. And I love it because from that angle, the top of Jet's bald head and beard remind me of Uncle Iroh. And suddenly I have complete confidence in this guy. He's the one making plans and cooking dinner and keeping an eye on this rascally kid. Like, oh, yeah, this is going to be great. And so that's the moment that I invested in one of the crew members, even though it's got to be a hairstyle in other animes, too. It totally worked for me. And so my Spiegel spiel is also Jet's flat reply at the beginning. You wouldn't really call it bell peppers with beef now, would you? Yes, I would. <laughs> so, yeah, that's it. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thank you so much for calling in and leaving that message. That is incredible. I am so glad that you are following along with us and hanging out. Um, that was Marie, I believe was her name. Um, it's, it's always wonderful to hear from our listeners. So if you would like to be a part of that and give us your Spiegel Spiel or your shot of the show or something that you're enjoying or dis disliking or not enjoying, give us a call 508-93-TWIST-89478. That's 508-93-TWIST. And you can get in on the fun. Kylie, what did you think about that? Um, I am so excited. Um, her mentioning Uncle Iroh means that she's listened to me in a previous episode. Um, anybody know Uncle Iroh? Jesse does. Okay. I, Uncle Iroh I know who is that is, but not through experience. Okay. He's a Avatar Last Airbender, um, oh. and basically his character is trustworthy. Uh, father figure, all around good guy, and I would agree um, about Jet. I like that assessment. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a really cool, cool analysis, and her uh, her Spiegel spiel was cool too. Yes, yeah, I like that. So. Yes. Let me personally well, thank say thank you, you awesome. Marie, on behalf of the crew. Thank you. That means the world to us. Um, now, normally 
if you've listened or watched before, you know that we used to have this segment where we would issue corrections. Um, and we didn't really have any plans to issue corrections this episode until I was told there was a correction to issue, at which point I admitted that I had written a couple down myself. So... <laughs> Um, should we let Ricky D go first? Should I qualify everything you're about to say with my feelings about it, or should we just let you have the floor? Let's. Not, I, you know, I I really should, need to talk about should, this. I think we should yeah, give him the actual floor. This, too, oh no! Because... Okay. There you go. <laughs> so, one of my things about this podcasting is I think that we need to be extremely honest and not try to deceive any of our listeners by giving them false information. And last week, I was put in a position where I felt like. I had to deceive you guys, so I apologize. And this has been weighing on me. Just, <laughs> it's been weighing on my conscience like a neutron star weighing on the forces of gravity. Well. I need to tell you guys that I didn't watch the second episode last week. There was what? miscommunication, or I must have misread something. I'm not sure where the breakdown came from. But I only watched the first episode and I kind of faked my understanding of the second episode. So just mm -hmm. eternal po apologies. And I never want to do anything like that to any of our listeners, any of our fans, <laughs> uh, anybody. Nobody deserves that from me. And I apologize. <laughs> In his uh, defense, it really wasn't all his fault either. So, so <laughs> but there's... he just did. He fooled us too. <laughs> Told well, us after there's... we turned off the live. There are three of us besides Ricky D making the show and for none of us to have made absolutely certain that Ricky D fully understood what we were doing week one is pretty uh, uh, understandably typical of us, I think. Um, <laughs> so I would like to share in your blade, Ricky D, and I would like to say honor to the house of Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. Honesty is a difficult <laughs> thing to do, and especially when you have like people watching you do it. Like, it's not like mm. you're talking to me and Kylie and you know and Josh. It's like you're talking to all the people that are watching and listening, and I appreciate that. And that's part and, of why I had to be so honest. Well, and I mean, you also had to be so honest because I mean, you raked me over the coals <laughs> for a, a an audio edit. So I was like, oh, oh, good thing you're gonna say something. <laughs> Um, but I appreciate you holding yourself to the same standard that you hold me to. I, I feel like that's only fair. So I appreciate that. Um, I love that the second the episode ended last week, Ricky's like, hey, guys, um, I did not watch the second episode. Like, just immediately. And all of us were like, oh, wow. Well, you did really well. I had no <laughs> that's idea. A good job. It's like an 8.5 out of 10. <laughs> yeah, okay, I would so give your acting about a 7.3 out of 10 on last week. And his singing, too. He's just a Allow Ricky me, of though, all trades. We Kill do it. have to jump in, you guys, to be real here and to be consistent and to be a stickler. Ricky, <laughs> now that you've seen episode two, what's your rating for episode two? Uh. <sighs> I've got to keep it at 8.5. The only place it would go is up. And I don't think it's quite nine, but it was a really good episode. And when I did watch it, I think I watched it three times this week. I was just like, I was texting you guys last night. This is the best show I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think I went that far. I don't think it's the best show, but I'm having a ton of fun with this show. Yeah. yeah. And like... I can, 
I can it was admit. like eleven thirty, and you were yeah. like, "Dude, this show," and I was like, "That is correct, my friend." <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm glad you're having a blast because I'm having a blast with you. Me yes. Um. So before, Josh, did you have a correction to issue, or Kylie, did you have a correction to issue this week? I didn't. I, I, I didn't at all. No. Um, did you, Jesse? Uh, so, sounds I like do. you got one. Yeah, I do. <laughs> so, um, here's the thing: we're only doing this because it's the respectful thing to do. It's not me trying to make Josh feel bad, but it will sound oh. like it's me trying to make Josh. Feel oh bad. yeah, yep, dude. Yoko Kano is a woman. Bro. Is a woman. Like, yep. My bad. <laughs> like, I I didn't catch that you repeatedly yeah. referred to her as a man. So that's also on me. We share all the blame here at SBI. But I just so that has been corrected in my notes for this episode. Yeah. So and just, just so that everybody that's totally my bad listening and watching knows we're not jerks. We just made mistakes because we're human. So that's why we're apologizing and correcting ourselves um going forward the mistakes isn't necessarily intended to be a big part of this season because this season is much more jazzy and jazz has little things that you don't expect in it so you know maybe we'll address them if it feels like something big it's kind of weird that we had two big ones right away um but uh let me just say thank you again josh and ricky d for your honesty and your willingness to grow here on the show with us now you know it's the least I could do for being an <laughs> asshole. We appreciate you, Wookie boy. So, um, <laughs> if, anybody, if nobody else has anything to add, why don't we give the floor to Kylie at Miss My Armcast to give us a synopsis for episode three of Cowboy Bebop. All right. I'm sure some of you will notice that this is just the quip uh, synopsis in the episode you know, title. Uh, I just thought a break, quick breakdown would be kind of better, but anywho, so Cowboy Bebop Session 3, this is Honky Talk Woman, or Women, as Jesse mentioned, either way, um, and this one, a night at the casino lands Spike and Jen in hot water when they cross paths with Faye Valentine, a stunning con otter wanted by the law and the bad guys. So this is where we so, meet the, you know, the beautiful Faye. I like Lady Luck more. I like that name more that's how i referred to her in my notes if if poker alice were still alive she'd be over 200 years old so um here's the thing i have a right away question for you guys josh and ricky how do we like this version of the future how are we liking uh space where people do basically the same stuff they do now but in space um are you glad that your npc characters are back and uh of course the impossibly shaped woman so Go ahead. Ricky, take it away. Yeah, I am enjoying it. I like a more dystopian version of the future. Uh, like if you look at, for example, Ariel um, from Firefly, if we were constantly drowning in Ariel, I'd be like, ah, this is a little boring. It's all got amazing wireless defibrillators and everybody's wearing the same uniform. I like, I much prefer the dark, dingy, dystopian future. Josh, um, yeah, I. This casino world is way better than the Star Wars casino world that we got in Episode Eight. Thank I you. love the roulette ring around the whole thing. Um, I thought that was a nice touch. Um, 
Yeah, I I really enjoyed this this whole episode. Um every everything about it really. It was it was a lot of fun. And I don't know. I don't know. That that's that's all I got for now. I mean I have a lot yeah, more to yeah. say about it, but that's oh, that's we'll all I got. <laughs> I think yeah. so and I just wanted to know like because I mean they do take a minute to be like they kind of immerse you right in that casino for a moment and they really get you settled in. Um, I think one of my favorite features in particular is the waterfall that just kind of is there. Like they're using some kind of anti-grav to just have a waterfall. And I think that's a wonderful use of technology Um, and it helps to show the extravagance, right? Like Mm -hmm. the money here is not an issue for this guy. So, um, well then in that case, um, I, I just, the whole probably first third of this episode, I didn't take very many notes because I was just, every time I watch it, I'm wrapped, right? I'm just stuck to the screen and I kind of forget that I'm supposed to be taking notes for a show that we do. But I did take notes on this episode, but since they don't start right here, um, let's have Kylie, let's start with your notes from this episode. What are you feeling as, right as we're coming in? Like, are you like, okay, we're getting back to Faye, you know, like this is this is exciting as somebody who's been here before. Right. Um, I definitely was like, oh, my gosh, I forgot how cool a lot of the stuff was, like the um, casino part. Definitely neat. Um, I got to say that the beginning of this uh, next session, and we'll talk about that later, really grabbed me. Um, But I agree with you. I've got uh, plenty of notes on this episode, but it's kind of a little bit after they meet Faye, um, you know, which is really the exciting part. So, yeah. Ricky D, what do you got? Uh, I immediately picked up on one trope that happened really early on, and that's when they were blowing apart that like medicinal herb shop, and yep. everything got destroyed. Everything got just shattered, jars broken, wood is splintered. However, the shopkeep, untouched, he's cool. And that <laughs> yeah. seems like an anime trope to me. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's a gunfight trope. I mean, that's that's uh, a yeah, I, yeah. trope. I was going to say, I feel like that you see that in a lot of different things, I guess. Yeah, a lot of Westerns. Um, well, and in a lot of Westerns in particular, right? Because back in the day with a low caliber sidearm, you know, you could actually probably just duck behind wood and be fine. And it's a conceit to do it in a space Western, right? Because shouldn't they have bullets that go through seven walls before they stop? Sort of. There was definitely a Gatling gun involved. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. there's, a, there's a Gatling gun going on and she she has just like shredded everything else in the room and it wasn't like the gatling gun was the first one they used i totally feel where you're coming from but it is the future maybe it just looks like wood and it's not really wood yeah the one of the tropes that i mean i i I don't know there's two tropes at the very beginning and the first one was that 90s cartoon thing where they just pan down on a uh like a, a board you know like a panel it's just a picture that someone drew and they pan the camera down on it because nobody's moving, but there's everyone like in the streets, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I feel like that was a old school, you know, cartoon thing because you have to pay for that kind of animation or make like a flipbook style animation. So right. with uh, the more anime stuff that I watch, I, I realized that that, that happens a lot. And then, the other one was the facial expressions when uh, Faye has all the guns pointed at her. Yeah. They do. It's so like, they, eh. I noticed some of the mouth noises that you were talking about in this one in particular when she runs into Spike in the casino and she's like, dude, why didn't you give me the chip? He's like, hey, you cheated that whole time, you know? And she's like, 
like and i immediately was like i was like oh that's what josh is talking about and i immediately thought to myself if she doesn't make that noise then that's just her face going because it's not moving right it's to indicate that she's like i'm hesitating but i'm not saying that out loud so like i totally immediately was like i'm gonna point that out i I totally picked it up at the same time you did that's that's one there was another one in episode four that i just like i want to talk about because it just really got me really got my gears grinding but um kylie what were you gonna say oh i don't I, I thought you said you, oh, okay. I, th- I thought you were gonna say Sorry. something. Um, he did like to eat things in this episode. That first scene where he just eats the cigarette. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, dude. And then he just eats the chip later. Did you see him spit the cigarette out? Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah, when he gets inside. So yeah, it's okay. So what foreshadowing is, that he likes to mm-hmm. eat and throw things up? I get it. Well, and what does Jen <laughs> tell him before they go into the casino? He's like, your eyes are too good. So, uh, you know, don't be, <laughs> don't be winning all the money and cheating because they will know immediately. So to me, yeah. that indicates that maybe Spike's not actually doing that. He's doing a sleight of hand thing, right? Mm-hmm. And that's his distraction. So he's like, oh, look, I ate it. But actually, he just folded it into his palm and then put his hand in his pocket. And then yeah, I'm pretty goes, sure the cigarette sizzled on his so tongue, he, though. Oh, yeah. And then he spit it out in the thing when he gets inside. Right, yeah, he he swallowed that thing. Well, well, I'm kind of with Jesse. The sleight of hand thing. Maybe he didn't put it in his hand, but instead of swallowing it, he tucked it into his cheek or under his tongue or something. Right, he put it out on his tongue and then palmed it. Right, like okay, maybe I see. And they're like, "Oh, why did you do that?" And then he gets it out later and smokes it. Right? No, he gets a different I mean, cigarette. Okay. Anyway, I'm pretty sure he, he eats that thing, and it's disgusting. okay so you think that he swallowed the chip and then regurgitated it yeah like a bird okay i think it was a sleight of hand trick and he uses the the gagging sound as the distraction but you know sound off i think he's hiding it in his cheek sound off in the chat do you what do you guys think or do you think that or do you think spike was doing a sleight of hand trick i'd love to hear everyone's opinions we're gonna Um, have to do some sort of uh i don't know I don't know. <laughs> Some sort of poll, poll I guess. Yeah, yeah there, there's so the word. Speaking of speaking of polls, actually, we are going to be running a poll probably this week or next week on Twitter at Sudden Butt to help us determine the name of our uh, super fans this season. We have a couple of suggestions from the group chat, and we have one or two suggestions from listeners and watchers. So, um, I think we're going to bundle all those together into a poll, and then we'll ask you all what you guys think is best. So uh, if Ricky, you guys could message Ricky had me, one too. Yeah, just message me and I'll tell you which one to vote for. <laughs> you, you can do that at Best Flicks Ricky D on Twitter. So, um, moving forward, we do get thank you, Rosie, sleight of hand in your face, you guys. Hello from Argentina. Hi, Sophie. That's so cool. We have somebody in Argentina watching tonight. Hello, Sophie. Neat. Thank you. Hi. Yeah. Um, so. Moving forward, we do have the introduction, of course, in this episode of the incomparable and the impossibly shaped Faye Valentine. So, (laughs) because Faye Valentine represents quite the discussion topic in which to dive to, 
I think we should serve this up to Ricky D and Josh as our first timers. What is your initial reaction? Let's go with Josh and then Ricky. What's your initial reaction to meeting Faye? Um, typical hot anime girl. Bebop. And then, you know, and then they did the really gross uh, guy hitting on her, calling her hottest granny in the star system. Like, it's... Right. You know, like they, the they that, really, sorry, they just really pounded it in our face that she was hot. <laughs> this is the episode where he pulled the ace of hearts out of her pants and then called her the queen of hearts. Was there some kind of symbolism I was missing? Why was it an ace of hearts that he pulled out? Because he's gross. I don't know. Okay, yeah. I don't like him. Well, and because he would have an ace up his sleeve, right? Okay. I can um, get on that. Uh, I'm just going to point this out. Rona also says sleight of hand. So in your face twice um, <laughs> in the friendliest way possible. So the hot anime girl trope, does it detract from your watching experience? Does it enhance your watching experience? Are you like rolling your eyes every time she's on screen? Or do you feel like they put enough into the character to keep you paying attention for more than one reason or two reasons? I I rolled my eyes initially. Um, just because I was like, oh, here we go with this. But I, by the end of the episode, I was like, geez, I really hope she comes back. I really hope she's like, you know, in a couple more episodes. Spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler alert. She's like going to be in a lot of episodes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's great. That's great. I didn't have any initial negative feelings towards her. I just kind of saw, okay, this is going to be an important character. And then I was just really holding on as tight as I could trying to figure out the whole plot line because somebody's gambling, somebody else is supposed to be gambling. There's this final chip and it was all, all the information is revealed a little out of order. So I'm just sitting there going, okay, how, what are we doing? Where's this going? So That's I didn't have any negative thoughts to her. To her. I was just intrigued with where she was going with things. That's good to hear. I, I could see that it would be easy to get that character on your screen and immediately be like, all right, now I judge this TV show. Um, <laughs> so I'm glad to hear that's not the experience that you guys, you guys had. But Ricky D, that's an excellent point to bring up about the um, the heist movie thing where they're giving us information out of order. Now, season one viewers and listeners will remember we talked about the heist trope a couple of times, right? Like they have that thing where they're explaining the plan and then it's intercut with them doing the plan at the same time. Mm -hmm. Here we get that backwards right so that's not the format we're used to she's in the middle of the plan when the guy who set it up starts explaining it in a flashback and then we catch up with it and then we move forward and so it's like kind of a different cycle of the heist explanation trope than we're used to but it's still fun and i think they did it in an effective way because to your point it was kind of like wait what's happening oh okay and then at some point one of the bad guys goes uh you weren't told this because you're not important but here's the plan and you're like thank you for the plan um it, you know you gotta have exposition in a show and the show is 20 plus you know only only 20 plus minutes long so um my next note is um i love that when spike is talking to her at the table she's like you know they're they got the banter going back and forth and he goes i seem to be very generous and it's like that line would fit perfectly if he was 
the guy that she thought he was. Yeah, so, like, that hooked me. That caught me up. Yeah, I liked the synchronicity there. Like there was no to me, none of the coincidences felt like they were too big, um, except with the possibility of the chips bouncing and crossing at the exact same angle. But like, I'm pretty willing to forgive that because the setup of the story is clearly a mistaken identity switcheroo thing right so i'm like okay that's it has to happen i'm fine with it. i'm also willing to forgive more coincidences in animated shows i think uh just because you're willing to accept a certain amount of surrealness or you know it's i'm just willing to accept things with a little bit less evidence i guess with in anime that makes a good sense i think just cartoons in general yeah you know it's, yeah. it's like the cartoons we used to watch. There was no rhyme or reason for that stuff. And like, well, it'll still depend for me because there's a lot of there are. Uh, let me rephrase that. There are a few anime series that um, are set up and executed in such a way that if they weren't paying attention to very small details, I would be upset. So it definitely depends on your show. And I think to that point, the the point and the feel of this show is like, you know fun and loose and improvised so i think it fits um I i'm just talking about I... coincidences i guess like the coincidence of things like when we watched right. angry beavers and hey arnold and things of that nature when we were kids there were always ridiculous coincidences and right it's just not it's not as stupid in a in a cartoon you know well and none of the coincidences i feel in this episode are bigger than a coincidence and say like oceans whatever number like yeah yeah or pick a superhero movie i mean yeah and this came uh, before that so i'm I'm cool with it yeah Um, i love that the music session in this episode actually starts when faye says it's showtime like that is just for me that moment was almost transcendent like it's one of my favorite moments of the series honestly because you're like okay who is she talking to oh nobody (laughs) how did you guys go into that scene josh and ricky i have Uh, a lot about the music in general the i mean the opening title screen reminds me a lot of like venture brothers or like those old kind of 60s cartoons hanna barbera cartoons those kind of things um and then it actually there was a lot of uh i got a lot of super nintendo vibes and like old video game tracks which is interesting because when i went and did some more research on yoko i found out that she started in video games like she did music for video games and i wonder because i i have a pretty good ear for music and different instruments and stuff like that and it's very possible that she's using um I believe it's a steel guitar with like a uh, an, an electric um, bow and ebo is what they call them, mm. but it makes like a it makes kind of like a video game noise, like a you know, like a weird eight bit noise. It's it's either that or she was one of the first to actually use video game noises in music, which today is huge you hear all sorts of 8-bit sounds and electronic tracks and stuff like that and so i i just feel like the the noises that she was using are very easily explained instrumentally but 
um, they could have been an electronic style as well, which I would be not surprised if that was the case. Um, but yeah, I to be more specific, like I said, the title music reminded me of Venture Bros, and then most of the other music reminded me of this Super Nintendo game called Vegas Stakes, which is a casino game. Um, and they had a lot of the same type of music. I feel like that's her, that. That was why I went and looked up um, her Wikipedia. I was like, did she do the music for Vegas Stakes too? Because this is so similar. Uh, but, but alas, that was not the case. I, I'm done now. Sorry, Ricky. What, what is the music? Uh, I'm loving the music. Uh, every time the theme song starts, I think of our theme song and it just like our theme song is amazing as we've all mentioned countless times <laughs> uh it's fun and all, so you know everything gets going and i'm just like all right here we go it it brings a lot of excitement to me and i can only imagine if i had been watching cowboy bebop 20 years ago what kind of feelings and emotions that would fill me with yeah kylie what was that like when it because didn't you watch this when it kind of first premiered with with siblings and stuff like that or was it more of a you watched it later on oh yeah i watched it when god i was probably 10 honestly okay 10, 11 um wow. but yeah it's been quite a long time since i'd seen it and it's sort of new to me as well um i remember everything but i'm kind of experiencing again for the first time as an adult so so if i could ask you a question about that specifically kylie this episode is the first, I, I don't know if it's the first instance in the series, but it's the first of several instances going forward um, where the camera definitely treats Faye Valentine one way and most of the other characters another way, right? Yeah. Um, for you, do you feel like watching that detracts from your experience at all? Or is it sort of like the same, same with the rest of us? You get an eye roll or two and then you're like, okay, there's enough with the character to where I'm not really worried about it because i mean you can i'm sure you can understand the reason that it's there that doesn't excuse it but does right. that affect your enjoyment not at all um i don't think that i don't know this is like a lady thing but uh i don't think that what you wear detracts from who you are as a person um right. so honestly i see her as just a total badass you know like it's kind of like with zoe everybody's like oh she's so hot she's so beautiful well, I just thought she was a total badass. Um, yeah. So, yeah, no, it, it doesn't bother me. Um, doesn't distract me, but <laughs> it doesn't bother me. I was distracted a few times. Sure, sure. But <laughs> I agree with everything Kylie is saying. That's well said. Her clothing doesn't right. detract from anything. Because Zoe, yeah, like you don't see her as anything less. She's still a badass, but she's totally beautiful. I mean, Zoe's way more covered up than Faye to that point. Uh but well, I appreciate and agree with it. I totally agree. Um, Ricky but I'm saying that doesn't D, matter. <laughs> 100% agree. Ricky D, um, I appreciate your honesty, again, as in all things. Um, listeners, if you ever get a chance, I'm going to encourage you to show up for the live chat. Sometimes things that were meant to go in the private chat end up in the comments, and everyone can see them. So... You should definitely join the live show. It's a great time. Sorry. So, um, no, no. We had to do a lot of tests, and a potty test was one of them. So, it, right. In case, you know, <laughs> you guys, trust me. Um, 
So I, I don't know. The, the thing that I wrote specifically about the music in this scene was I really love that the start of the song sounds like uh, engine parts, like, like it feels mechanical. It feels like something firing up and something's, you know, there's gears turning somewhere. Pistons are happening. Uh, kinetic energy is happening somewhere. And then her ship just shows up out of nowhere, fully remote, kicks some ass, saves the day. It's, yeah, the Red Tail, her ship. I just, I love that ship so much. I don't know that it's cooler than Spike's Corvette, but I like it a lot. It's got a very cool, like, actually, you know what that ship reminds me of big time, you guys, is the ship that Valkyrie shows up in on Sakaar in Thor Ragnarok. And it's mm. got those two uh, like arm armatures on the side that have large cannons and she controls how they work with her little gloves, right? Um, you're just fresh off that awesome little Thor debate last night. So you've been thinking about that, I'm sure. I also recently watched Thor for that reason. Um, and Josh is referring to a thing that is upcoming. This is how we call a tease in the industry. This mm. is a tease. Your eyes and ears peeled, um, but it just it the the design of it definitely felt similar to me. And you know, you've got the very very competent um, independent female pilot who takes nobody else's rules and does whatever she wants at all times and does what she does well. So there's a lot of parallels between Faye and Valkyrie, I think. Um, and that's one of the things that I love about this show is that you could point to so many different pieces in it and go, Oh, I've seen this in something else that I love because all the stuff I love knows to go to the source of cool, which of course is cowboy bebop. Um, before I continue, I'm going to yield the floor to my friend, Ricky D from best flicks with Ricky D. All right. We're talking about phase spaceship. Does it have a name? It's the red tail, the red tail. Thank you. Uh, we're talking about what we think it looks like. Uh, did you guys ever play the Mech Warrior games? Yeah. It kind of looks like a Mech Warrior without the torso and legs. It's like a yeah. flying Mech Warrior. Oh, man. Mm. That would be really cool. Yeah. To have right? A base that they could add to it. Oh, man. Now I'm, you guys yeah. are going to buy toys. I'm going to buy toys before this podcast is over. I guarantee it. <laughs> it's going to be like when we made Kylie a twitter jesse's gonna be surfing amazon while we do this episode and by the end he's gonna be like look what i bought <laughs> guys i'm out of money uh send money to the show so that we can buy anime toys uh i'm just kidding don't do that we will buy our own anime toys uh my my thing the next uh part that i wrote down was when she's trying to get spike to call gordon she's like just call gordon and everything will be fine he doesn't say who's gordon or oh, he'll pay me or anything like that. He says, I don't know anybody named Gordon. And it's like, that's that's just shorthand cool for, uh, no, we're not going to do that because I don't trust right. him at all. Like, <laughs> he's just, he, he, everything he does is, it's so well played. And, and I get it. You know, the lines were written that way, but specifically the execution in the American, in the English dub is, is so well done. And I, I love that moment personally. Um, before we get to the exchange of goods and money, is there anything that anyone feels like I skipped over and they didn't get a chance to say? Uh, that poker chip and it has a chip within it 
the key within a key. Does that remind anybody of anything else from kind of recent pop culture, video games, anything like that? I feel like it does, but I don't know what it is. Fallout New Vegas. There was, you had to get that, you got that chip at the very beginning. You haven't played Fallout New Vegas. Ah, jeez. Whoa, sorry, dude. My bad. I haven't played any of the Fallouts uh, since, I think, Fallout 2. Oh, uh, way back in the day, but <laughs> <laughs> Ricky's gone. He just took his took his took his. We need to get uh, well, in that game, you get a chip, and it's the key <laughs> that opens this giant vault in uh, New Vegas because Las Vegas has been blown up, but they built a New Vegas. But anyways, I just thought that was really interesting that Fallout kind of took that idea from Cowboy Bebop. It's very very similar. Well, and I. If I'm not mistaken, <clears throat> the key within a key is a, is an old trope. I don't think that... But it I'm was sure poker chip specifically. Right. The, it was a double thing in a thing. Key within a key mm-hmm. on a chip in a chip. So mm-hmm. that, that was cool. Um, and they played cards <laughs> with a card because Spike is quite a card. Anybody else have notes to get to before we move forward? Uh, I did like Spike getting punched in the face, like, really hard, and him just going, oh, well, that was a mistake, and then proceeds to kick all of their asses. <laughs> I thought that was pretty B.A., so. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, that's, uh, oh, you know, no, I'll, I'll save that for my one of my segments. Nah, I'm good. Okay. <clears throat> Kylie? Nope. <laughs> All right. So we get to this exchange. There's going to be a good old-fashioned handoff of item for money. And the scene is, I mean, gorgeous visually. I mean, it's it's an experience in and of itself. You could mute this scene and watch it and still enjoy it and fully understand everything that's going on. You shouldn't because it's got some great audio that goes with it. But you could. Like, that's, that's really cool. Um, I do have a question, though. Why do you guys think that um, Jet is so willing to offer so much information about himself to strangers over the phone? Like, he's like, you may not know this, but I used to be a cop. Also, I've got connections here, and I know this. Also, I can figure all this stuff out. Like, you're establishing yourself as a threat that needs to be removed. Why are you doing that? Like, it could also be intimidation, though. I like, yes, it's flexing. Yeah. I was gonna say he's just flexing, man. Yeah, he's like, I'm pretty it, cool. But, yeah, you know. but criminals aren't gonna be like, oh no, an ex-cop, right? They're gonna be like, oh, then just kill this guy. Like, if the logic doesn't feel like it's necessarily there for me, but I see where I see what you mean because I guess if you're only hearing that, it could be intimidating, right? If you don't know how big the ship is or anything like that. Well, and to your point, they did just try and kill them, so <laughs> it's not right. I mean. But I'm saying maybe the that's whole Jet's, maybe that's Jet's fault for being like, here's all the stuff I could figure out by doing five minutes of Googling. <laughs> it's possible. I think he was using it a little bit for leverage, too, because he wanted to right. get the extra money. You know, he's like, well, I'm this, this and this. I can, you know, I've just did he, didn't he mention something about bounty hunting? What was that? I heard it from down here. What happened up there? It was either a gunshot or a car backfiring. Oh, geez. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't hear anything, anybody yelling. So, Denver, Colorado. <laughs> I was going to say, this is the new version of Sudden But Inevitable with maximum immersion. 
There are real guns. <laughs> Could and you in guys 20 hear minutes, that? I'm going to drive to Ricky's house and punch him. So <laughs> I could use a punch in the face. It's very multimedia, um, you know, new internet 2.0 style podcast. Um, so definitely. <laughs> Go ahead, Josh. But yeah, I, I no that that's really all, all I was going to say about that, I guess. Okay. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> Ricky, Ricky or Kylie, did you have any notes on the exchange here that you would like to offer? Uh, I didn't have any notes, but I did. Yeah. Like, it got really cinematic while they were out there in space jumping between uh, the different ships. I did have a thought going, man, this would cost millions of dollars to do live action. And it's very easy and very cheap to do it this way. And uh, I, I'm not trying to knock efficiency. I am pro-efficiency in every way. So it was just kind of interesting to watch that really beautiful scene and consider how it would translate to something like gravity. Uh, the movie Gravity, not the oh. uh, phenomenon Gravity. Our most recent experience with a similar exchange, it would have been Mal and the assassin in Objects in Space, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when you had the gravity boots. And we got one of those scenes because they are expensive to make and they are hard to make look good. We got yeah. basically mm -hmm. the same scene here. He he turns the dude's magnet boots off and just kicks him into space. Yeah. <laughs> he even bounced off of the... Yeah. He like bounced off of the ship just like Jubal did. Yes. Yeah. Spike had that look on his face of like, are you shooting bullets at me? That is very rude like and, yeah. and then just like attacked the guy with kung fu is like this is yeah. even it, in space he's just gonna go fight the guy that's so cool it kind of seems like the uh firefly showrunners were watching cowboy bebop and was like hey wait we could do that we could totally do that i i said it's got to be the case yeah yeah i agree <laughs> all of the best, on break all of, all of the coolest and best stuff that we love was made that way Somebody had yes. a thing they loved when they were young or at a transformative, important point of their life. And they went, if I ever had the money or the opportunity, I would do that, but it would be like this and it would be so much better. So, for example, if you go watch uh, Ghost in the Shell, the original Ghost in the Shell movie, and then you watch The Matrix, you will see that the Wachowskis, Wachowskis you'll see that those two... Uh, watched Ghost in the Shell and went, we should do this in real life. And in fact, I don't know if his story is apocryphal or not, but I believe one of the special features for the Matrix, the original Matrix, indicated that when they went to Warner Brothers to sell their idea, they had some clips from Ghost in the Shell that they played and said, we're going to do that in real life and it will not look like wire work. And apparently that's part of what helped the Matrix get made. So that happens with everything. And I'm I'm happy to see Cowboy Bebop in my Firefly, to your point, Josh. And that's an excellent connection to make. So thank you for doing that. Um, Kylie, did you have any notes or feelings about the exchange you'd like to share? Um, I do believe that you did previously ask me that. Um, I think I'm good. <laughs> uh, I did have one more thought about this whole exchange. Uh the enemies or the villains in Cowboy Bebop, worse aim than stormtroopers. Like they can't like, hit anything. He's like eight feet away and he misses him with a with a handgun. Repeatedly. He like unloads the whole clip. Yeah. Well, here's the thing though. Consider that from that person's perspective, 
he just had Spike dead to rights, and then the cool yacht windmill gravity generation, I assume, system passes in front of him, and Spike is gone. So for a second, he's like, whoa, 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 what's happened? Where did the guy go? Okay, he's in the sky. So it's understandable that he would panic, right? Because he's like, I think he just disappeared. And it's part of Spike's sleight of hand earlier, right? Spike's eyes are too good. So when that guy goes for his gun instead of to pick up the case, Spike sees that and he's already reacting because he's very good at seeing sleight of hand. And interestingly enough, that's probably a great segue into our next episode because sleight of hand also plays a big role in our second episode this week which of course is episode four gateway shuffle if you wouldn't mind at miss my arm cast take it away all right um session four gateway shuffle um Faye teams up with spike and jet to track down a gang of space activists that plan on turning the human population into monkeys it's like a okay, perverted right space pita yeah. I was thinking the exact same exactly. thing. Yeah, <laughs> space right Peter. I have to ask, the first note that I made for this episode, you guys, before we did any other viewing, I wrote, are you mad at Jupiter for being too local, Ricky D? Is Ganymede not exotic enough for you? <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I, no, it's, it is not local. If we're, we have these interdimensional portals we're traveling through hyperspace i don't care so much about our current solar system i think that there must be better opportunities in this million planet world we're living in so can i ask you are you saying you'd rather see these people doing stuff that you're not used to seeing people do or are you saying you wish the show was full of aliens uh no i just wish that uh, it wasn't, if you have the opportunity to shoot your sh uh, show out in Europe, why are we still talking about Denver, Colorado, or Lincoln, Nebraska, or that kind of thing? It, if you're in this huge, giant world, why don't we discuss some of those places that are further away than something that's just right here in our galaxy or because sorry, it's our easier system. to recognize that way counter because we want to be able to recognize things like the Nothing. sign the first sign that you see in that planet says import mars and it's not it's not even spelled right i-n-p-o-u-r-t what kind of crap is that but it still has mars in the name so we know that whatever they're importing it's from mars and i i don't know i I like the fact that they're staying in our solar system because it, it gives opportunity to branch out later and discover other things. Cause they, they start where we're familiar. They start where we know the planets and then they could build off and go to the other, the other things. Well, and to Josh's point of it being recognizable without planets like Mars or Jupiter, then doesn't it kind of not make sense to have like, handguns and hk submachine guns and you know people just wearing regular clothes that look like they could have come from well, earth like but, but doesn't it add... that. right but so what i'm saying is that's why we need it right like that's why it's local firefly mentioned earth repeatedly they were like yeah everything that is is from earth you know it's just different now but every so time like... they go into space there's this emphasis on hyperdimensional travel and 
but in the storyline, there doesn't seem to be a need for that ability. Right. So what I'm giving, well, it still take okay. So with current technology, it still takes for basically ever to get anywhere, right? And no, so, I completely agree. But they can pass the speed of light, which is considerably more than our current technology. Right. But if it, it re, but if it relies on stationary constructs in space, like the gates, right? Then you could arguably the first place that you would be able to travel around quickly is your own neighborhood because that's the first place you're going to build gates. Right. That I can agree with. That maybe and, they haven't put these right. gates in other parts of the universe. Well, and in a show that takes place in space in the future and is an anime, there's not much realism for us to like use to relate to it, right? So I feel like going, this is just Mars and Jupiter, is kind of a shortcut to be like, okay, here's your thing to relate to. Um, but I, th I think it's funny that we have talked about this for as long as we have, because I was mostly joking when I asked if you were mad at Jupiter. <laughs> for also, Europa is clearly the moon that you want to focus on if you're doing, if you're talking about a Jupiter moon. Europa is the best one. Why? Well, I don't Why know would about it not be best, made? but uh, because it is, it is possible, it is possible that there is living beings on Europa. Actually, it has... is true of Ganymede. There's a new NASA mission, I believe. I think it's a NASA mission that's going to Ganymede specifically for that reason. Um, Eat your so heart cool out, Ricky D. Thing. I... <laughs> <laughs> no, that's an informative, cool thing, Josh. It's happening. It is. And no, yes, it is. In Ricky's face. Okay. <laughs> um, so even right before touchscreens were <clears throat> ubiquitous, right, we have this this thing that comes out in 1998, which is what a couple of years before everybody has a touchscreen. And even in this, for some reason, we always thought that touchscreen or screens, you know, when we had like holographic screens or cool new screens, they would still be controlled with physical buttons because they're looking through the menu, but they have like a number pad on the table that controls it. Like that's like going to a fifties diner and using the phone to order my steamed cheeseburger. Like, I like that it's this level of almost crappiness, right? Like the future is mostly great, but like some of the details suck. Like I feel like uh, it's a I Simpsons like kind of thing where they predicted the future of Chili's because if you go into a Chili's, they have those horrible tablets that you can order your food off of. Yep. <laughs> and I'm glad that you brought up the Simpsons, Josh, because actually my next note is very tangentially related to that. Before I bring up my next note, Josh, Ricky, and Kylie, do you guys have any notes from this first encounter with, um, you know, at the restaurant that you guys would like to talk about? Um, so, yes. Um, basically, one of the first things they talk about is how sea rat used to be um, a staple food with like among poor people. Um, but then people like it stabilized and they stopped eating it. And then they ran fancy ads, um, making rich people think that it's like a status thing. Um, so then right after that, his spikes, like, I don't really want that. I would really like the, uh, lobster miso stew. Well, everything that jet is saying about Sierra is actually true about lobster, <laughs> <laughs> That it was a poor people's meal and mm -hmm. then people stopped eating it. And now rich people, and so he's talking about how it's disgusting, but people eat it for status anyway. And it is. I'm sorry yeah. if you've if you've ever prepared lobster, that's a bug. 
You're you're eating yeah. a bug. Josh calls them sea insects. In the yeah, they are. Lobsters. I think they're delicious. I'm from the East Coast. Oh, you know, yeah. from New Hampshire, Maine. Lobster all that, that East Coast elitist over here. <laughs> I'm from the East Coast. Lobster is great. Well, my family is. I'm actually from Colorado. <laughs> Yeah, and Jesse lived in Maine, so he's he he had that East Coast thing going on, and Pennsylvania. So I, it's just no, I love the taste of it. I'm not saying I don't like to eat it. I'm saying the animal itself is a disgusting creature, and and get so far out of my face forever with clam chowder. If you're eating clam chowder, (laughs) that means you like to eat stomachs. That's all a clam is: the stomach. You're eating. This is not. I want to eat anything. This is not our show. Mm. Uh, I grew up. You remember? Sorry, go go for it, Ricky. Oh, I grew up in a family where they like to eat Rocky Mountain oysters. Yep. So, uh, yeah, that's the. I'm not up in the lobster level yet. I'm I'm still slumming it with the Rocky Mountain oysters down here. Yes, you fry them up the right way. Y'all remember antiquing? You remember throwing flour in your friend's face because he passed out too early at the party? Yes. We antiqued someone with a lobster once, and it was glorious. What you threw a lobster in his face? No, we we he so he he passes out on a chair, so he's sitting up, and we went out and bought a lobster at two in the morning, and we put it on his chest, and then woke him up screaming, and uh, the first oh thing he God. saw was this giant lobster on his chest. So that's effective at uh causing fear i would think that's pretty good it really did it really did he uh he hates me to this day (laughs) okay so (laughs) josh ricky do you guys have any notes on this encounter at the restaurant because i i don't want to accidentally steal your thunder if one of you guys made the same note that i did yes anime eating drives me nuts (laughs) it's like more like inhaling kind of i know no like Dude, it's it's awful. It's like how I eat in real life. <laughs> Anime eating drives me nuts. <laughs> yeah. Just like the crunches and the like that's a tomato. That's not supposed to crunch like that. What is going on here? And like then you see the the spit bubbles coming out because because their mouth is watering so much. Like I get it. It's doing it's it's doing its job in making me see that this lady is absolutely starving for salad. And that's great, but it's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> Ricky D. Uh I did not have any notes for this scene. I was just hanging out and watching. It was uh I thought the uh the weird tech that Jet had on his face that like revealed the true identity that was new i haven't seen anybody hiding in any kind of uh mm, actually mechanism like the, oh have we seen that yeah in the last step ep- sorry two episodes ago in episode two the first time they introduce you to abdul hakim he's a blonde skinny guy and then the next time you see him he looks how he looks for the rest of the episode and okay like initially mistakes the other guy for me goes yeah you got your face changed huh so they've set up this precedent of that people will do that but you're right that this is the first time we see like the um the face scope or whatever it's called right i don't think there's a word for it but um okay so i wrote down that this woman simply must be the inspiration for mom on futurama right oh my god you're oh, right wow. totally nailed yeah. it has wow. to be I mean, this is her. That's 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 the same character. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. The hair. <laughs> the face. The face, the yeah. Face, the slightly, you know, the affected rich person accent that isn't really mm-hmm. from anywhere. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's the same character, and I'm so happy that you guys agree with me because I was I was like had this worry that you would be like, no, what are you talking about? So I'm 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 deeply warmed that you guys agree. Um, are you talking about Carol Miller? Is that who you're talking about? Yeah. Okay. You're, well, I, yeah, you're absolutely. I just right. know her as mom. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's that's fun. That's Twinkle Murdoch right there, you guys. Twinkle. So yep. definitely. I. <laughs> I, and then once you notice it, you cannot unsee it because she's got the sons that she yells at, just like mm-hmm. mom does. And she's <laughs> yeah. in charge of this huge corporation. Harrison. She's making threats. Like she's very moody. She she knows you will be, be punished. Exactly. She's very much the same character, and I love it. Um, definitely some yeah. Joker vibes coming off of this character when the bomb goes off, right? And instead of a bomb, it's just laughing and going, we love sea rats. Don't hurt sea rats. Okay. Um, yeah. And then <clears throat> I love that when Spike and Jet apprehend her, she knows what's up. Mom immediately knows what's up. And what is that? She knows that she's been bound by law. And I'm so <laughs> happy. That she recognizes that these men are professional bounty hunters because that means I get to say what I just said. So, and I get to use that hashtag again. Hashtag bound by law. If you have (laughs) a favorite character who gets picked up by bounty hunters in anywhere in media or video games or anything like that, share it with us on Twitter at sudden butt using the hashtag bound by law. I would love to hear other examples of characters being bound by law that you guys like from pop culture. So, um, then... Oh, the first guy that they're going on the bounty for, by the way, his name was Murdoch, and he morphed, and in my notes, I called him Mighty Morphin Morgan, or sorry, Morgan was his name, so Mighty Morphin Morgan was his name in my notes. I dig it. Cute. The scene once we're back on the bebop with, uh, mom, (laughs) I mean, let's just call her that, um, Spike looks at Jeff because Twinkle's awful. Well, it's yeah. So Spike looks at Jet and goes, Hey, Jet, any exposition for us yet? And Jet goes, Nope, not quite. Um, So then he makes a call to his old buddy Bob, who, you know, works in the police cop business. And I, what did you guys think of the conversation with Bob? Was it too obvious for the exposition, or were you, did you like that it was a little bit different than the last couple episodes where Jet just goes, Okay, here's what's going on? I am doing zero predicting at this point. I am not trying to like get ahead of the show. I'm not trying to figure out what's going on. I am just holding on. I'm trying to get as many subtleties as I can and just absorb as much information as possible because there's a lot going on and I know I'm missing stuff. There's also a lot of visual information going on that I'm not as good at as a, I don't track that as well as verbal communications. Mm. So I'm having a, I'm just holding on and trying to pay attention. I'm kind of in the same boat. I'm trying hard not to predict things. I mean, the, the first line of my notes to, of this episode was, Oh good. Lady luck is not a one and done character. There, there are things that I want to keep happening. You know, like I like that 
Faye is still around and that she's going to be around. Um, but really and truly, I'm not, I'm not looking too far ahead. Callie D in the chat, bound by law. Thank you. Um, yes. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Um, I, this character, like, I, I understand the character of Bob. I know why he's there. The setup with him is is almost too absurd for me. Almost too absurd for me, you guys, because we we quickly learn that Bob has gone from eye banging rage drugs to <laughs> watching porn at his job, but he still has a job. Like the corruption, uh, yeah. either, the corruption in the future is either absolute or that guy is like his dad is in charge or something well he is a cop yeah that makes sense but yeah this was made in 1998 <laughs> when they had songs coming out like fuck the police i mean <laughs> there, there were that's a fair point there's always been a lot of animosity against cops and i could see them just putting them in a terrible terrible light just to prove a point well um, and it wasn't difficult i would say that that's another anime theme that i noticed too is um cops are often seen in a bad light or as dumb or something yeah the the bumbling police officer is a trope everywhere exactly yeah. yeah the bumbling who yeah. was the officer in pokemon it was like officer jenny or something right remember the, she was officer jenny. the female officer that showed up in like every episode well and it, she was the same I, like if i wasn't mistaken if i'm not mistaken she was actually like fairly inept like she wouldn't always help she would just show up and be like okay everything's yeah. fine now but i will also she would no show up for the exposition sometimes where, where she'd come up and tell us what's going on in the story all right guys so this is what's going on um this pokemon is loose and you need to go get them cool okay yeah okay. good luck 10 year old go do my job for me <laughs> Yeah, and then the well, peace sign yeah. and the eye twinkle. Even, even that's yeah. another angle where, like, I'm sure the kids have got it handled. Um, but yeah, right. I'll, I'll what? A while since I watched that, so I hope I haven't. And how do the kids have more? I'm sorry. I'm not gonna. I don't want to talk about Pokemon right now. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see here. I oh, I had a question about the virus. Is this? a similar virus that we've seen somewhere else in pop culture. And this isn't me testing you guys to see if you know it. This is me asking because I felt like it was familiar, but I couldn't think of from where. I mean, it's a typical zombie virus. Yeah. Well, no, it's like a, it's like a de-evolution virus thing. Like it turns out. Oh my out God. Are you talking about super Mario brothers right now? Because oh, is that what it they was? have the de-evolution guns where they would like send them from humans back to their like they would send them back to monkeys or if they were um evolved from lizards they would that's why that's how bowser got turned into a freaking dinosaur because they hit him with the de-evolution gun and he went from being a descendant of the reptiles to a reptile so yeah Aww, yeah bowser. i guess that's kind of a thing um but super mario brothers came out in 93 or 94 which would have been mm -hmm. before this, right? 
Right. Well, and yeah, I, I wasn't saying I think this is the first instance. I just felt like I knew it from somewhere else. It Honestly, for me, it probably wasn't the Mario Brothers movie, but it, if the similarities are that stark, then it probably was, and I just don't remember it. Um, <laughs> are we talking about Mario that. guys? We should just start calling you Best Hats. <laughs> best Hats with Ricky D. What hat are you wearing this week, my friend? Best hats. Oh, My Mario 1 hat. Super Mario Brothers. He's Specifying because oh he also God. has a Mario 2, a Mario 3, and a Mario All-Stars hat. So and Super Doctor. Mario World. Oh, yeah. I'm making oh, wow. that all up. I, I don't actually know what the answer is. <laughs> okay, guys. We have to move on because otherwise we're never going to get back to talking about Cowboy Bebop. No, um, no sorry about unfortunately, that. Unfortunately. No, no. No, no. You're good. <laughs> unfortunately, that's kind of the last few notes that I made for this episode because the rest of it, again, like, this keeps happening to me where I'm making tons of notes as I go. And then one part of the episode kicks in. Usually it's when the music starts or when a part that I know I've been waiting for is coming up. And I just, or when like, we come back from commercials. Yeah. Like as soon as my favorite commercials are over, I'm like, okay, now it's, I'm just going to be staring at the screen and I'm not going to write any notes. Cause I'm having a freaking blast with this episode. I mean, I remember it, clearly but it's like it's hard for me to look away and sometimes when you know podcasting is your hobby and not your jobby you have to fit it in wherever you can so do you guys have any other notes from this episode specifically that you feel like we have oh. to get to before i move forward because i failed to write anything else down other than like probably some jokes that probably don't need to be said <laughs> Well, I thought it was interesting that Ayn was the only one paying attention to their captor. Yep. <laughs> they were off flying ships and talking to cops and doing their thing. And they Gallivanting left the, uh, around the universe. Yeah, they left the guarding to a dog. Well, I like how Faye kind of got the best of him. You know, didn't hurt him or anything like that. But she was like, oh, you little bastard. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I laughed out loud when he was handcuffed to the radiator. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for the collar. <laughs> um, I liked the wasteland sector or the waste sector. Mm. Um, kind of puts into perspective what you would do in the future with your waste, um, which is funny because the never... new Star Wars episode, The Bad Batch, was about a, a trash planet. And so, like, two things Gosh. that I watched today. We don't. We have never discussed the trash of space or the trash in the future or trash in any way as it relates to sci-fi on this show. So I don't know why you're bringing it up now. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> well, I wanted to bring it up because I wanted to know what Ricky thought about all the trash in space. Ridiculous. That is no way to dispose of trash. There's no way that is how that would happen. You're going to transport your space through all, through extra dimensions just to get rid of it? Are you kidding me? That, that sounds is... like something Americans would do for sure. We're going to build these hyperspace gates just so we can drop this trash off in a different universe. <laughs> to be fair, yeah, it's we, not our problem. If we can do that, we should do that because I don't know if you guys know this, but there is actually a space trash problem right now on Earth because we don't oh, yeah. clean that up. When we send stuff up there, if it like just gets trapped in orbit, we leave it. So there will come a point when there's too much stuff in orbit if we don't do something to the mm -hmm. point where we won't be able to send more stuff, which is bad. <laughs> you don't get to be in Cowboy Bebop if you can't send more stuff. So. 
Good job, NASA. Way to ruin it for everybody. Yeah, I don't know who to donate money to to help them clean up space. Uh, Look it up. Elon Musk is going to handle that. Oh, absolutely. He is. Or his son, uh, whatever sign that is. The number. You guys are right. The private sector has always been trustworthy. I appreciate that point. Um, Do you have additional notes for this episode, Miss Kylie, before we go further on it? Um, No, sir. I love the ships. I love the ships. Um, That's what I wanted to get with the waste sector is them flying through that thing. And you get to see that cool red and white uh, cop ship that I I really enjoyed. Um, Yeah, man, the the ships never cease to impress the the further these shows go. I loved the yacht in the last episode. The yacht is on. Like, it's very clearly just a giant yacht. And it, it was, but it was so well done. Yeah. For sure. Um, I I thought that firing missiles in hyperspace was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that led into like realizing there's a hyperspace gate. And then the coolest part about that gate is closing it off. Um, the, the thing that Jet says, matter that gets enclosed in hyperspace can be viewed normally by the naked eye, but of course it can never interact with the matter on this plane of reality. So whenever they close that gate and the missiles go through, um, Faye can still see like the ghosts of the missiles. Mm -hmm. And And, I'm sorry, go on Ricky. Oh, I thought it was funny that that is basic high school physics in this future world. Cause we don't know what happens to hyperspace objects in 2021, but in Cowboy Bebop world, it's going to be basic high school information. Right. Um, and I, I really have a strong feeling that, not to look too far ahead, but I have a feeling that um, seeing ghosts trapped in hyperspace is going to come back to play later on in this show. Oh. Um, because I just feel, I mean, that's that's a perfect setup for ghosts and the supernatural you know how freaking cool is that like if the ghosts that we see now are beings that were trapped in hyperspace because of That's some exactly traveling what they say mistake. It is, is they're stuck in another plane so hyperspace is just a word for that right right well yeah but i'm just, i just mean like that's i never thought of it that way before you know where there's a hyperspace road like a highway a hyperhighway and you close that thing off and whatever's inside it just gets trapped in that highway forever. <laughs> and that's cool. I think that, I think that's cool. Yeah. I, I do really like that. They give us, uh, they went to the trouble to give us some details because a lot of stuff, especially in sci-fi just goes, yeah, it's faster than light. Isn't that cool? Um, so it is. Of course there are notable exceptions where they go to possibly great lengths to explain it. And, you know, to fetter out all the minutiae and stuff like that but it's just i don't know I, I really love to your point josh i think that's a great thing to bring up because i love that they give us a little bit enough a little bit of detail just enough to understand but they're not like beating us over the head with a bunch of you know made-up jargon essentially right or just explaining it away oh that's an anomaly it happens sometimes right you know um other than that i mean i think my favorite song of this episode was when mom was singing i'll make monkeys out of all of you when she's firing off the missiles like that chick is crazy 
like yeah. roll crazy and the whole singing while she's you know so, executing people is is I pretty ask you, what did you think about the animation on her face because i know sometimes the facial animations bug you so she was oh, that's, it, an over-the-top character right she absolutely was and it's not it's not bugging me as much as it as it used to. I'm just kind of used to it at this point. You know what I mean? At this point, it's an art style yeah, to me. Sure. It's not my favorite yeah. type of art style, but I'm not going to just disregard it because, you know, it's it's funny to me. That's that's all it is. It's just kind of funny to me. But again, I understand like... Cool little shuffle we just did right there and thematically yeah. gateway shuffle. That was great. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah. No, it's just I I understand with this kind of stuff, it's very low budget. And so that's why anime is the way it is, because there's not a lot of money that you can put into this animation. So you have to do what you can, which actually makes it that much cooler that they are able to do the things they are with the facial expression pans and the pans of of scenery you know, showing people walking, even though they're not really walking. Like that's all a, that's all a budget thing that they found ways to get around that I think is really, really cool. It's just like doing this podcast, finding ways to get around little technical difficulties that we have. I really, I really appreciate that sort of thing when it comes to art and TV shows and stuff like that. Um, we talked about it in quest me with their screen that they use i think that's really freaking cool that they're able to do that kind of background with those giant screens you know and i believe they with... have two or three of those stagecraft rigs on the star trek discovery set now as well so i'm very excited yeah for that. <clears throat> and now it's making its motion picture debut in ant-man quantum mania so they're going to be using that backdrop for that movie for the first time We'll probably all be in the theater together for that since Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D is such a huge Marvel Cinematic Universe fan. He's probably going to drag us all to that movie. That's how I feel about it. Is that sarcasm? Yeah. No, Ricky D is okay. the biggest MCU fan there is. Huzzah. So. <laughs> okay, you guys. This is the part of the show where we start moving towards the last part of the show so if you guys don't have any other notes from either episode that you'd like to cover i will go ahead and move us along but it looks like kylie you may have a note go ahead kylie i just thought i'd share my fun facts um real quick oh, yes. point, point, kylie's fun facts <laughs> kf squared <laughs> <laughs> um so these ones i actually didn't have to look up um but i was very excited so did anybody catch what Gordon's casino's name was in the in session three? No. Spinning something? Is it a spinning something? No, you're kind of close, but rotating um, something? Spiders from Mars. Oh, okay. What That's what his casinos is called. So Spiders from Mars is actually the backup band for David Bowie's alter ego, Ziggy Stardust. Um, so I was excited about that. Oh, but wow. Then, That's mm -hmm. really cool. I like that. But then on the other hand, I got, I'm a big classic rock buff. So I've got another one. Um, honky talk woman is a Rolling Stones song, um, from 1969 and honky tonk woman is a dancer or a prostitute. Um, <sighs> and then just for our, um, our people who don't live in America, honky tonk is actually a, um, 
pretty common term. And it's usually a name for like a deep South bar um, with, you know, rough clientele and prostitution and stuff. Um, so I just thought that was kind of fun. Nice. Excellent. Good job with the fun facts. Yeah. If I can, I love that we have to clarify some stuff for our international listeners and viewers. That's one of my favorite yes. parts of yeah. having the audience that we have. You, Callie D and Rona, we love you. Thank you for being with us. And thank you, Rosie, for being with us. Really, thank you, everybody. Thanks, Thanks Sophie from Argentina. Voicemail. Yes, thank you, Sophie Argentina. from Argentina. We have such a crazy reach, you guys. Like, ugh, it's so much fun to make this show. Kylie at Miss My Armcast, have you got any other fun facts or notes you'd like to share? You know, I think that's it for today. All right. Well, then, as captain, it is my duty to introduce our first segment of this week. This week, because I haven't determined which order they go in and might change them every week, let's go with Spiegelspiel. Spiegelspiel, of course, is where we share our favorite quotes from these two episodes of Cowboy Bebop. And you know me. I love to go first as much as I possibly can. But I also like when my friends have a good time and I don't steal their favorite quotes. So this week, let's have Ricky Digo and then Josh and then Kylie and then I'll go last. All right. Uh, do we want one quote in one shot from this week or from each episode? Um. Let's do, if you have both, let's just do your quote from the first episode for now. Excellent. Uh, I got a big laugh when Spike was running out trying to escape with his chip and he runs into Jet who's carrying like four giant stacks of poker chips and uh, Jet goes, I told you not to win too much. <laughs> He's like, that's not it. <laughs> Uh, and then mine. Um, oh, sorry. Sorry. No, we're doing Spiegel Spiel. I was about to jump ahead. Go no, ahead. You're good. You're good. <laughs> um, mine. Hang on. I'm sorry. I oh, I spelled that so wrong. Never mind. Okay. So mine is, I think the first line of the show that Faye says, "Shoot them before they shoot you." Excellent the words of wisdom. Of yeah, first yeah. rules of combat. Yep. Yeah. I think that, that yep, that's going to be that's going to be my it. line for sure. It's that trope where uh, you know, the character acts like they're about to give you some very cool wise saying and then they just say something that's very obvious Not. and practical, right? Like <laughs> yeah. when when Anthony Hopkins hands Antonio Banderas Zorro the sword. He says, do you know how to use one of the, those things? And he says, yeah, pointy and goes into the other man. Yeah. So it's <laughs> That's, that's that sort of thing. But yeah, very well executed here. Excellent choice, Josh. I try. <laughs> huh. um, so mine, I don't think, is like a very prolific quote, but I thought it was worth mentioning um, the Romanis versus the um, Gajo. Um, but basically, uh, Faye's explaining the Romani are gypsies. And you know what we call someone like you? A gajo. That means a bumpkin that doesn't know which way is up. Um, and that's, you know, right at the end of the, what was it, the fourth episode? Um, basically, he's like, thanks, Romani. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. Well, that was so still, I think that's I think that was kind of a cute the, exchange. I think that was still the third episode because he was leaving... Yeah. 
yeah, he's she's leaving with all the money that he was supposed to be paid for the ship. I thought it was in the fourth one where she like kind of saves the day. I think it's when she was running away before they saved her again in episode okay. four. So it, I think it was in episode three. Okay. I think it was three, okay. but also I watched them back to back. So my recollection of them is kind of one long yep. stream. Of I was going to say, yeah, that's probably, the um, <laughs> but that's an excellent, excellent choice. Um, the one that I wrote down is actually that, just Spike saying, I don't know anyone named Gordon because it's so well executed. It, it's just so like, no, I'm not going to do that. You get everything that he means just in, um, from his inflection of that. He's like, I don't trust you. I don't know if that person even exists. They could be made up even if they are real. Why would I call them? I have no incentive to do anything you suggest. Like, But he said, I don't know, Gordon. And it's like, that's so, so well done. They <laughs> have gangster. Yeah, I feel they like have Gordon is like a bad guy name. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> well, they have great brevity in this show, which is something I sorely lack. So I'm gonna like maybe try and take something from this experience. Maybe it will be that. Uh, so for episode, the second episode that we watched, um, Gateway Shuffle, let's go in reverse order. Kylie, you go first, then Josh, then Ricky, and then I'll still go last. So for my fourth one, my my quote was actually when we mentioned where they're having that exchange at the beginning about the sea rats and then he orders the lobster. That was totally my favorite exchange. <laughs> Excellent. Um, mine, mine is actually the, uh, it's the, the matter that gets enclosed. It just brought up so many cool questions. That whole explanation of the ghost missiles that we talked about briefly. Um, yeah, the matter that gets enclosed in hyperspace can be viewed normally by the naked eye, but of course it can never interact with the matter on this plane of reality. So that's that's mine for that episode. Mine was just a little bit goofy. Uh, it's when that the one giant monkey missile bursts into all those different warheads and Jet goes, it's multiple warheads and there is not the military? It was just kind of a... Yeah, they're terrorists. They, they've they definitely got that, even though it's not the military. <laughs> That's funny. And possible that that was, like, not the best tra direct translation, right? And they were like, just, yeah, right. just read it like you're still cool, because you are. Like, <laughs> I could see that. Um, I would like to invite Callie D, Rona D, Rosie, and... Our friend Sophie, our new friend Sophie from Argentina. If you have a choice this week for Spiegelspiel, that's hard to do, Kylie. Thanks. If you have a choice this week for Spiegelspiel, <laughs> please put it in the live chat and we will share it with everyone. Um, for my part, the second episode we watched this week, the quote that I wrote down was, and I'm kind of surprised that you guys didn't take this right away because as far as I'm concerned, this is one of the best lines in the whole episode and it hits pretty quick. They're looking through the facial scope to figure out if this is the guy they're looking for and Jet says, come on, come on, do that morphin for my endorphins because if that's <laughs> the right guy, I'm going to get paid. And it was just, I'm sorry, you found a word that rhymes with morphin. That's impressive. <laughs> Like, and he delivered it in a perfect way, contextually. So freaking cool. I love 
that the characters in this show are not only cool, but they're intelligent. Like that's one of my favorite things about this show is that the intelligence and the way that it's animated and some of the language and obviously the subject material makes it feel grown up. And it makes me feel like a grown up when I watch it, even though it's technically a cartoon. So I think that was, that was probably, it's one of my favorite lines in the series, but it's definitely my favorite line from that. Episode. See, I didn't write that one down because I was too busy writing down mighty Morphin Morgan. Cause I was like, Oh, that's funny. His name is Morphin Morgan. Didn't even think about the fact that, that was a cool line. <laughs> well, you know, it happens. Yeah. Hey, at least we didn't take it. There's only 28 minutes of each one of these episodes. So it's <laughs> it's always a gamble when we're trying to pick a line of the show. It's true. Speaking of gambling, Josh, you know, these two episodes had some card playing. They had some roulettes. They had some shooting dice. And speaking of shooting, I think it's time we shared our choices for this week's shot of the show. Before we go though, to the shot of the show, we do have to share that Callie, her pick for Spiegel spiel this week was jet saying, I don't know. And I do not have an opinion. It's basically oh, yeah. saying, I don't want to talk about this and I don't care that you're talking about this. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. So, uh, shot of the show, of course, if you have been listening to some version of Sudden But Inevitable or the Twist My Arm podcast for a, about a year and a half now, you may remember all the way back to season one of Quest Me, where we were covering season two of The Mandalorian, and the visual language of that show was so rich and satisfying that we just had to choose specific moments throughout to share with you guys that we thought really captured the essence of the episode or just were too cool not to sh not to share so we're going to do a similar thing here we're not always going to have one of each every time it's just you know whatever everybody writes down in their notes i want to give the opportunity for both things to happen both the dialogue and the visual moments so that having been said let's go back to the original order ricky d did you have a pick for shot of the show from our first episode i absolutely did and i'm probably going to steal everybody's but it is that shot where spike launches oh that's for episode two Damn it, my bad. Uh, that's all right. <laughs> In episode one, it's where Spike launches off of the cowboy bebop with his magnetic shoes, turns around in space, lands on the other ship, and then the camera pivots to put him back upright. That was so cool. Yeah. I did. One. I truly love that mm -hmm. moment. Yeah. yeah. Right before he lands on this yacht, he's he's jumped from the bebop in you know what would be a downward motion if he were if he had local gravity and then as soon as he lands this is his new up and the camera follows that very very which well. is very interesting because i accidentally watched the dub version of this and i don't think they had that shot where he goes from ship to ship it just cut to him landing on the ship i think they did i i'm, I'm maybe I, I maybe it skipped or something on my end. You never know, but I I just I don't remember seeing it on there. So maybe you were blinded by how awesome it was. Probably, it's probably it was exactly shiny. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Josh, how about that's you? my shot too. That's uh, that's actually my shot. So oh, really? Here, I'll go to, uh, to your shot, Josh. I want to say we'll do this. hello 
And good evening to our friend Susie. She says, sorry, I missed part of the show again, you guys. Not a big deal, Susie. I fully understand that Friday night at 8.30 our time isn't necessarily the most convenient time for everybody in the world. And that's why we leave these shows up on YouTube so that you can go back and watch. And we put them out every Monday as an audio experience so that you can listen on your favorite podcasting service. We're three downloads away from 1500. I'll love you forever if you're download number 1500. Thank you for joining us, Susie. I appreciate you making the effort to be here. And trust me, you're going to want to go back and watch this one because it's been a lot of fun. There we go. Um, I'm I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it. I don't, I don't think we'll get pulled or anything. There's no sound. It's just the shot of the actual show where they flip just like that. And that is the coolest part, I believe, of that episode for sure. I, I cannot find anything else that would Give disagree me a with Ricky. up in the chat that. if you can still see us and we haven't been canceled. So, yes, <laughs> I'm sure we're fine. Um, Kylie, yeah. what was your choice? Or did you have a pick for Shot of the Show from the first episode? You know, I actually didn't for either of the episodes, and I didn't last time either. So just in the, in the you know, faith of being a better person every day, that's going to be my goal for next week. <laughs> Sounds good. Callie D says, we haven't been canceled, you guys. The stream is still live. Heck yeah, Sweet. SBI yes. forever. Yes. So. Yes. <laughs> Susie says, I've missed your faces. We've missed your support and love, Susie. Actually, that's not true because it's been there the whole time. We haven't missed it at all. You're amazing. And it's always there. So thank you. We're glad that you're here now. Um, I have a shot of the show from episode one. I did not send it to Josh because I'm a bad podcaster, you guys. Actually, it's because I'm trying to keep it as exclusive content for the Instagram, which again, I promise I'm going to do better at. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but my shot of the show for the first episode actually takes place right after Josh and Ricky's by a couple of minutes where everything has gone to hell. We don't know what's going to happen. And then this very cool little you know, hook on the end of a chain comes out of nowhere, we notice that it is phase ship, the red tail. And the red Ooh. tail crests over the horizon of the yacht as Spike is looking over, and you can just barely see the outline of Faye in the cockpit before it shifts to another shot at a different angle where the lighting keeps you from seeing her in there at all. And it's just this quick, they slowed it down, right? But it's meant to represent the very moment that they lock eyes as she's coming up and he's going down with a ship that's not really his but he's going down she's coming up they're always moving in opposite directions you guys it's kind of similar to another pair of characters that were in a space western that ended up in close quarters i can't remember their names they were two very important characters anyways it's it's escaping me at this moment um good lord ricky d did you have a pick for shot of the show in episode two Actually, we know that you did. Josh, why don't you yes. go ahead and bring up Ricky D's pick for the shot of the show from episode four. Sorry, the second episode we watched, episode four. There uh, there wasn't a whole lot to this one. I was just watching it, and the weird expression on mom's face is very, uh, it's just sour, and it really indicates her, the way she knows that she's on top of everybody else, she can handle everybody else. Uh, it was just a good, creepy shot. It's got that anime face in it and like it or don't i thought it was just a really good shot yeah they, they do a good job making her look deranged and mm -hmm. bizarre <laughs> and you'll notice again here the people with money real nice setup 
Their technology is better. They've got all kinds of touch screens. They've got hollow screens. Their reception is better than some of the other screens we saw in this episode. So continuing theme of the haves and the haves haves and the have nots, even in space in the future. Excellent choice, Ricky D. Thank you. Um, I don't remember. I think, Josh, you would be next, if I'm not mistaken. Did you have a shot of the show for episode four? I do, but I'm trying to find it. So you should go next. Oh, okay. Do you have my shot queued up? I sure do. Give me one sec. Doop, 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 doop. And I will pull up the time code. Thank you, Josh. Yes. This is this shot. Yes, there are other shots in the episode that are more meaningful, maybe have some more substance in them, you know, maybe mean more to the story, that kind of a thing. But for me, this shot, I love this shot, and it's my shot of the show because there's so much character in it, and it's not even a close-up. Like, this is this is an establishing shot almost, right? We get that there are two characters here, but we're not really directly zoomed in on either face. There's not a conversation happening, clearly, so we're like... <laughs> okay, what? why is this shot here? <laughs> like, why is this here? And then you see this adorable, trusting little Welsh corgi, you know, trying to be friendly. And all Faye does is make a face at it. And the dog immediately is cowed, right? Like, yeah, she, she like growls <laughs> at it. Yeah. And it's just, I, it's a great scene. It's really simple. It's not super impactful for most of the episode it doesn't carry additional meaning for really anything but for me the superfluous nature of it and just just the aesthetic of the yellow lines everywhere on the ship you know the artificial ship with all the yellow and the the that's probably some kind of metal i'm assuming but then you have the soft yellow of fey in the foreground with the contrast and then of course you've got this fuzzy little dog. So beauty and cuteness in a hard world. Where have we seen that before? Other space westerns, including Firefly. <laughs> and for them to just give you this one little scene where this happens in this episode that kind of doesn't need it. I think that for me is what I like about it. So that's my shot of the show. And the um, time code on that, if you're watching at home, is 15 minutes and 31 seconds. Go ahead, Josh, with your pick for shot of the show from episode four. Boom. Gross. Anime trope <laughs> all the way. Digging it. I I love the uh, the expression on her face of, oh, I just, I just effed up. I, uh, I, I way messed up. So yeah, I, uh, I, sometimes these shots, I really liked the shot when, uh, in the first episode we did with the guy taking the drugs in his eyes. And then you always see those like crazy bug eyes. And that's, that's what anime is to me is close up shots with very buggy eyes and people like just very upset or very scared or um, whatever emotion they're they're showing at the moment. I, I feel like the uh, anime does a really good job at, at conveying that emotion. So, and this is one of those times when they're like, "Oh man, she's feeling so much right now because she just missed the hyperspace gate. 
she just lost that virus and she's just about to turn into uh, a monkey mommy and monkey she knows it. so yeah yeah so I, I like that for sure that's an excellent excellent pick josh thank you for sharing your shot of the show with us so this is our last segment you guys we're getting to the end here our last segment and this is not a name that has been carved in stone or anything like that but right now i'm calling it big shouts for the bounty hunters and that is this week's sudden but inevitable shout out now because it's not episode one anymore and I have a new setup where I can actually use my phone and it has all my notes and stuff on it. I can make lists of shout outs again. I'm sorry that I sucked so bad last week. So, <laughs> but again, thank you to everybody I mentioned last week. You're definitely the best. And that's why I shouted you out. So for me, big shouts this week to at bebop beat this is another Cowboy Bebop rewatch podcast. From what I can gather, they're kind of the Cowboy Bebop rewatch podcast. I uh, had never heard of them until I changed some of our show descriptions on Twitter, and then hmm. they po started popping into our feed. And I shared towards the end of last season a thing that was like, hey, does anybody want to watch Cowboy Bebop? And then they started showing up in my feed. Um, I just wanted to shout them out and say thank you for the follow. I'm, I'm respectfully am not going to listen to your current available episodes because i don't want to accidentally absorb something and then represent it as my idea where i'm like hey look at the thing i just came up with not out of malice just because it happens when i absorb things and then forget why but i do want to say thank you so much for the support and the follow because independent podcasters have to stick together we say that almost every week on this show so i really appreciate it and thank you and hey who knows maybe we could smash two cowboy bebop podcasts together that could be a thing that happens someday my second shout out is going to go to the digital dissection podcast this is at digital dissect one on twitter um if you haven't listened to it yet definitely go check out their episode about a verse cut short the firefly uh ricky d from best place <clears throat> with ricky d and i went on and we talked with them about the verse and you guys it was a great time we talked about you know, what else was on TV at the time? What did people at the time think of the show? What happened to it? And of course, Ricky D and I talked a little bit about the time we hung out with Adam Baldwin. Thank you again to Susie <clears throat> in our chat for hooking us up with Adam Baldwin. So my last one for this week, you guys, is um, at Jay Coopster Gold, which is a, a new friend and follower on Twitter that I've run into. He's also a fellow podcaster. Um, he's been in touch with me this last week talking about how, you know, oh, I'm going to go check your show out. I'm very interested. Those are kind of, you know, some of my favorite shows, Bebop and Firefly. And as an independent podcaster, you know, he understands the struggle of getting your name out there and things like that. So he was, you know, texting me, hey, I just finished the episode. Here's what I thought. And it was just, it's, you guys, when that happens, it is so deeply touching. Like everybody that's in our live chat right now started as a stranger to us. And now they're part of our found family. Now they're creeping up in our DMs. Right. Yeah, they are. <laughs> they are. I talk to every day in some cases. So it's it's like it's life changing, you guys. And to that point, I guess I'll add one more here. I do have to say. Thank you very much, Marie, for your voicemail. It was deeply touching, and I was blown away surprised to hear that. I had 
normally I have access to the twist my arm voicemail thing, but now that we're using it for every show and for a lot of information collecting, it's not on my phone anymore. So I actually didn't know that that was coming and it was a wonderfully beautiful surprise for me and an excellent end to my week and segue into my weekend. So thank you. All right, guys, that's going to be it for my big shouts this week. I think we should go Kylie, Ricky, Josh to close out the shout outs. Um, I don't I don't really have anybody additional. Um, again, Marie for leaving the voicemail. That was a lot of fun. Super fun surprise. Um, and then, of course, everybody in the chat. Um, it just wouldn't it wouldn't be nearly as fun for me if we didn't have the support every week. So. So thanks thanks, for making it so fun. (laughs) Uh, I'm a little short this week, too. I kind of carried the torch last week for the shout outs, so I'm feeling a little okay with that. (laughs) Uh, You remember that, Jesse. Carried the torch? I remember you having shout outs, but that's carrying the torch. But okay. (laughs) Didn't I have shout-outs, too? I think I had shout-outs. Yeah, we all had shout-outs. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I remember. Okay. i go back in my notes real quick. Um, my shout-outs this week are the boobs podcast bed wet and behead if you have not listened to them they are amazing they were on the twist my arm interview session podcast Um, we did our recording last night ricky was there with me and i have not laughed that hard in a long time those ladies are hilarious and i am so excited to get that episode up and you guys need to go check them out just find a show that you like um and go listen to one of their uh bedwetter behead shows on that show like i like the office and so i wouldn't listen to their bedwet and behead on the accounting department of the office so they do I a, heard that one yeah they do a fuck mary kill on angela um oscar and the other guy that kevin yeah. yeah and it's hilarious and they're awesome people and it was great to have them on the show so i want to give them a big shout out follow them at bedwet behead um and then that just sounds hilarious. They're also horrible. <laughs> I gotta check. I, that I believe. <laughs> I believe on Twitter they are at bedwedbeheadpod. Pod. Okay. Cool. Um, I was trying to find my other one. The other one was the Nostalgia Test podcast. I've been listening to them a little bit, and I really like their show. Um, that one is at Nostalgia Test. Um, I mean, I could I could go on for a long time with the shoutouts because I was explaining to the ladies last night how amazing twitter has been and going from 12 followers to almost 400 in a matter of months has been absolutely insane and it's been hard to keep up with everyone and keep up with all the different podcast friends that that i've made i am going down my list and listening to all of your shows i promise you i am go i'm listening to all of them and as i listen to them i will shout you out on on all of our shows because i want to make sure you know that i am following you i'm paying attention i'm i'm listening i'm not just you know <laughs> being one of those guys so i am doing my best to work my way through and uh, get to everybody's show cuz i w- i want to hear all of them so it's a difficult life that we lead, Josh. People are like, hey, I'd love to help you make your podcast. Will you listen to my podcast? This is awesome, you guys. It's not difficult at all. We love this. This is the best 
chore we could possibly yeah have. i love yeah. finding new shows and new people and i know josh does too because that's kind of the point of why we started doing this was to meet people share experiences and elevate the love in our lives so uh Susie says she's going to try and post some of the pictures of her cowboy bebop cosplay on the facebook page you guys if you have yes. it, and you are on facebook go to facebook.com slash twist my arm podcast and join our public Facebook group. If you're not on Facebook, then I don't know, go to Instagram, which is owned by Facebook, and follow us at Sudden But Inevitable Podcast. If you don't want to do that, then just follow me on Twitter at Sudden But. And if you don't want to do that, then just follow Kylie on Twitter at Miss My Armcast. And if you don't want to do that, what's wrong with you? But in that case, you're probably the kind of person that wants to follow at Best Flicks Ricky D on Twitter. And of course, you wouldn't be the kind of person that follows Best Flicks Ricky D on Twitter without following Josh at Twist My Armcast on Twitter which we really appreciate, by the way. So thank you. Um, I don't think that there's much else for us to cover, you guys. Is, does anybody else have any parting notes that they feel like they just have to get out before we call this a show? Next week, we're dropping TMA PodCon news straight oh. in your laps. Yes. Um, next week, we're going to have some really cool things. So twistmodernpodcast.com, guys, keep keep checking that out um if you haven't signed up to be a part of podcon yet please do so i have a giant folder full of people in my emails that i need to get back to about where we're going to do things and and how we're going to run this show so i'm excited and i'm excited to get those details out to everybody ricky d i that's everything i've got to say thanks for having me on Thanks for introducing the cool show. You're quite welcome, my friend. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Yeah. Have you got anything else? Um, Nope. Not here. Um, Another super fun Friday evening. So on behalf of the crew, you guys, my name this evening has been Captain Boot Scoot, a.k.a. Vanilla Husband, a.k.a. Jesse. And this is Stillman Kylie. This is Ricky D from Best Flick with Ricky D. And this is Josh. See you, Space Cowboys. Do, 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 do.